live from Austin, Texas, broadcasting worldwide, it's Alex Jones. And we are live on this October 22nd, 2019 edition with me, your host, Paul Joseph Watson, filling in for Alex Jones for the first two hours. In the second hour, we're going to talk to Laura Luma, who has made the comeback of all comebacks, basically, banned off of every social media platform, banned off of numerous other company platforms. She's outraised the Democratic incumbent there in South Florida, and she's outraised the combined total of the GOP candidates. All of them put together from zero platform whatsoever, from all media, social media platforms, because, of course, she's been banned on everything else. So we're going to talk to her in the second hour about her campaign, what she foresees, how she can win that campaign. It's a very um, democratically held seat. It's a very tight seat there in Florida. I think they voted for Hillary over Trump uh, 69%. So it's going to be an uphill task, but she has outraised the Democratic incumbent. So we're going to talk to her about her plans to win that race. Meanwhile, I'm looking at the Drudge Report and his top headline, Dem Halloween, Hillary leaves door open. Yes, the witch is back. And this is a story which is also replicated. Basically, it's the same story up on Summit.News, which is Hillary laughs with delight after audience members suggest she run for president. Now, we've had several indications over the last few weeks that, yes, indeed, Hillary is aiming for a third failed presidential run. Of course, former White House chief strategist Steve Bannon thinks that that's exactly what she's waiting for. She's primed to get in at the right moment, whether that moment is imminent remains to be seen. But of course, she also appeared on Stephen Colbert's show a few weeks ago and refused to endorse any of the Democratic candidates. She was asked again during this event in Portland, Oregon, who she was going to endorse. She was up on a panel with her daughter, Chelsea Clinton, and basically somebody in the audience, she said, we have a, a list of candidates. We have to nominate the best. As soon as Hillary said that, somebody in the audience shouted out, you, Hillary reacted with a big smile and a laugh before saying, oh, my, well, thank you. And again, it's up on top of the Drudge Report right now. Of course, we had Predict It, the big political website for predicting future presidential candidates, future Democratic candidates, suggesting that she was the third favorite. And that was about two weeks ago. She slipped down since. But again, more indications that Hillary Clinton might be preparing to run. Of course, the meme makers are licking their chops at the prospect of that. It's going to be very exciting indeed if she does, in fact, take on a third failed presidential candidacy. But it ties in with this headline, which was also linked up on the Drudge Report earlier. Anxious Democratic establishment asks, is there anybody else? The candidates, the paucity of candidates, the paucity of quality candidates is so self-evident that this article asks, when half a dozen Democratic donors gathered at the Whitby Hotel in Manhattan last week, the dinner began with a discussion of which presidential candidates the contributors liked. But as conversations among influential Democrats often go these days, the meeting quickly evolved into a discussion of who was not in the race, but who could be lured in. So they're not satisfied with whoever they've got up there at the moment. Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton continues to bash Tulsi Gabbard. And in fact, she canceled an, a planned appearance at a speaking event where Tulsi Gabbard would be attending. So we're going to get into that because Trump himself, of course, yesterday 
came out and branded Hillary Hillary's Russia asset conspiracy theory, which she leveled at Tulsi Gabbard, quote, sick. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into the New York Times saying from before that the deep state didn't exist and that anyone who talked about a deep state was a racist right-wing conspiracy theorist. Now they say it's here, it's real, and it's here to rescue the republic from President Trump. So before you were a dangerous conspiracy theorist for even mentioning the term deep state, now the New York Times says it's real and it's good. Just like they said back in the day that global government didn't exist, then it became so obvious that that was the agenda, they had to admit it was real, but that it was a benign positive force. We'll be back in the next segment, breaking news at Infowars.com. Don't go away. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Brother, mainstream media, government cover-ups. You want to stop tyranny? Well, so does he. Live from the Infowars.com studios, it's Alex Jones. So the effort to topple a democratically elected president, which has been an effort that's been ongoing for three years plus now, continues apace. The impeachment bandwagon rolls on. Of course, the Democrats have just 47 seats in the Senate. They need 67 votes to convict Trump. But according to a strategist, a GOP strategist called Mike Murphy, he says there may be 30 Senate Republicans who would vote to convict Trump if the vote was held in secret. How many of those can be turned around to do so publicly? And at the same time, we have Hillary Clinton once again making every indication that she's going to make her venture into the Democratic field at this relatively late stage, given that most or at least numerous debates have already happened. It's up on the Drudge Report as a top headline. It's also at summit.news. Hillary last with delight after audience members suggest she run for president. She was doing a forum event with her daughter and said, we have to nominate, cough. Of course, she's coughing already. Get ready for that again. The best. And then somebody in the audience shouted out, you, as Hillary was about to say the word candidate. And again, she appeared earlier this month on PBS NewsHour, taunting Trump, saying, obviously, I can beat him again. Because, yeah, she beat him the first time, didn't she? She also failed to beat Barack Obama or even run against him in 2008, of course. She also fanned the flames of speculation when she tweeted at Trump a week ago, quote, don't tempt me. So again, all indications suggest that Hillary, probably the most arrogant politician in American history, still completely oblivious to the degree with which she's absolutely hated by huge numbers of Americans, still might throw her hat into the ring. Because as I pointed out with this article before, anxious Democratic establishment asks, is there anybody else? They had a meeting with a bunch of donors at the Whitby Hotel in Manhattan, and they asked, would Hillary Clinton get in? The contributors wondered. How about Michael Bloomberg? How about Michelle Obama? Would she consider entering at this late stage? Of course, her approval ratings are far better than Hillary Clinton's, but she said over and over again that she's not going to get involved. This is a quote. Since the last debate, just anecdotally, I've had five or six people ask me, is there anybody, anybody else said Leia Doherty, a longtime Democrat who has run two of the party's recent conventions. So they're not satisfied with anyone who's running. And Hillary Clinton could be about to step into that vacuum. 
But she's still getting a lot of bad press, a lot of heat for her treatment of Tulsi Gabbard, who, of course, is probably the only authentic politician within that entire democratic field. We had this article up yesterday on Summit.News. Hillary Clinton cancels appearance at event where Tulsi Gabbard is speaking. This is a 2019 Fortune Most Powerful Women Summit. She claimed she had, quote, a scheduling conflict that would prevent her from attending this forum. But of course, this was announced after it was revealed that Tulsi Gabbard would be attending. A source close to Clinton told Slate that Hillary dropped out because Kirsten Nielsen, the former Secretary of Homeland Security, is also scheduled to speak at the event. However, some speculate the real reason Hillary got cold feet is because Tulsi Gabbard will be attending. Of course, she claimed that Russia was grooming Tulsi Gabbard to be a spoiler to help President Trump with absolutely no evidence whatsoever. Everybody I don't like is a Russian asset. We've had that narrative for three and a half years, no matter how many times it gets debunked and discredited. That is their go-to excuse for everything under the sun. This is a quote. I think they've got their eye on somebody who's currently in the Democratic primary and are grooming her to be the third party candidate. That's what Clinton said about Tulsi Gabbard. She's the favorite of the Russians. Gabbard hit back. And we played that video, that viral video of her hitting back at Hillary Clinton, saying that Clinton represented the queen of warmongers, the embodiment of corruption, the personification of the rot that has sickened the Democratic Party for so long. And if you look at her social media metrics over the past five days or so since that confrontation with Clinton, Tulsi Gabbard is going through the roof. Tends to be the fact that if you go up against Clinton, who is universally hated by a lot of people, it makes you look quite good. So Tulsi Gabbard is definitely playing off of that. And in fact, Donald Trump himself spoke out in defense of Tulsi Gabbard Uh, During his cabinet meeting yesterday, and we have that clip right now, Trump brands Hillary and Russia conspiracy theorists as sick. Let's go ahead and play President Trump. Hillary Clinton, if you've heard of her, she's the one that's accusing everybody of being uh, a Russian agent. Anybody that is opposed to her is a Russian agent. So that's a scam that was pretty much put down. Uh, Tulsi, I don't know Tulsi, but she's not a Russian agent. I don't know Jill Stein. I know she likes environment. I don't think she likes Russians. Uh, if she does like them, I know she's not an asset. She called her an asset of Russia. Uh, these people are sick. There's something wrong with them. But uh, I think that uh, Tulsi Gabbard probably got helped quite a bit by this stir. I think we were helped because it shows for two and a half years we end up winning. I had to go through two and a half years. If she would have done this earlier, people would have realized what a scam it is. Everybody's a Russian or a Russian agent, or a Russian asset. So there you have it. Of course, Trump mentioned Jill Stein there. And that is the fear. If Tulsi Gabbard runs as a third-party candidate, she could take away, you know, four, five, six percent of the vote from the Democratic candidate. And she may indeed run as a third-party candidate, given that she's the only authentic candidate in the field of Democrats thus far. Maybe you could make the argument for Andrew Yang, but That is a potential spoiler. Does it mean that Russia is behind it? No, that's completely ridiculous. The same way they said it about Jill Stein. No evidence to back it up whatsoever. Talking about no evidence, the New York Times for basically the past three and a half years has said there's no evidence that a deep state even exists. Well, now they say it does exist, but it's a good thing. 
Headline on Infowars.com. New York Times shifts from the deep state doesn't exist to it's real and it's here to rescue the republic from Trump. Yes, you can trust them. You can trust them now, even though we said they didn't exist for three and a half years. The New York Times has gone from insisting the deep state doesn't exist to admitting it's real, but insisting it's totally awesome and here to rescue the republic from Dronald Blumpf. The deep state is alive and well, composed of patriotic public servants. This is a New York Times opinion, and that's how they pass it off. Often they put opinion pieces as actual news, so the line between those two has been completely blurred anyway. But this is a tweet put out by an official New York Times account. Their aim, their aim is not to bring down President Trump. Oh, no, that's not what they've been doing relentlessly for the past three and a half years, every possible turn. But it's out of personal political animus, but to rescue the republic from his excesses. Michelle Collette writes in the New York Times, they are not the resistance. They are not a cabal. They are public servants. Let us now praise these not silent heroes. And that goes on and on. You can go and read the New York Times article. Chris Menahan comments, unselected, unelected intelligence agents like the phony CIA whistleblower are here to rescue us through an administrative coup to ensure President Trump cannot follow through on the campaign promises he was democratically elected on, such as pulling out the Middle East or making peace with Russia. So now the deep state exists. It's good. It's going to tear down Trump. Externalization of the method, if you please. Meanwhile, racist watch website outs Trump donors goes offline. This is out zero hedge. Apparently, it's not enough for the left just to spit on supporters of President Donald Trump. Of course, he played that video last week. For an apparent activist group called Public Service Media Group, outing Trump donors across America is what really makes the difference. Has triggered leftist panic that all they have is hashtag not Trump as they head into the 2020 election campaign. So with all this partisan bickering, with all this tension, with all this call from people like Maxine Waters and others within the Democratic establishment to go out and confront Trump supporters, members of Trump's cabinet, and of course, not only shout them down, get in their face, in some cases, violently attack them, as we've seen on multiple occasions, especially with anyone daring to wear a MAGA hat. Now they're outing where these Trump donors live in New York. What do you think is going to happen next? We'll be back. Don't go away. Attention GCN Self-Reliance listeners. If you've ever wanted an emergency solar survival backup system but were waiting for prices too crazy to pass up, this will be the most important message you'll ever hear. Bill Hyde here, and I want to tell you about a huge sale with historically low prices on our PPX microgrid system that's going to let you produce an endless supply of electricity off the grid. The clearance price is a result of the historic flooding we're having here right on the east bank of the Mississippi. Because of the flooding, we've had to move a lot of our inventory to a temporary location and rather than move it back to the warehouse, we thought we'd offer the system at a price that might seem unbelievable if you didn't know the floodwaters backstory. So here's what you should do right now. Check out the PPX microgrid system at myownpowergrid.com. That's myownpowergrid.com. Over $1,000 in great off-the-grid gear and a ton of bonuses too. And the best part, you're not going to pay $750 or $500, $300, or even $200. Go to myownpowergrid.com to learn more. That's myownpowergrid.com. 
Heart disease is on the rise. Clogged arteries, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol levels may not be fully detected by you, but the symptoms are there. Loss of energy, blood sugar spikes and drops, poor circulation, and irregular heartbeat are just a few of these that can alert you that something is wrong. Hear how heart and body extract is making a difference in thousands of people's lives across America. My blood pressure has normalized. My diabetes has totally improved. Everyone is telling me now how much healthier I look, and I'm telling everyone how much healthier I feel. I recommend heart and body extract to everyone. Anybody over 40 in the North American continent should be using this product as a preventative to keep their cardiovascular system healthy. Order your two-month supply today by calling 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. Or order online, hbextract.com. Heart and body extract, 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. News, analysis, reports. It's The Alex Jones Show. And now, your host, Paul Joseph Watson. I think it's vital to understand the stakes and why the deep state that's hijacked this nation is so panicked right now because they see their power and their control slipping away. Because if you control the United States, you control the world. If Trump is impeached and convicted in the Senate, his first term appointments to the Supreme Court of the United States will be assailed. Getting rid of Trump means they will impeach Kavanaugh next which they've already been promoting and getting ready. And they will try to nullify all federal judges, hundreds of them, that he's put in. This is way bigger than one man, as my friend Mike Adams points out. It's time, ladies and gentlemen, to wake up. It's time to realize this is literally the future of humanity we're talking about because the globalists are technocrats who want a post-human world. They've thrown down the gauntlet. GOP be warned. Impeachment will set off Democratic push to reverse Trump's Supreme Court appointments, tax cuts, and regulatory reforms. Again, Mike Adams at NationalNews.com for an excellent article. I suggest you share it from there or NewsWars.com or InfoWars.com. But whatever you do, whether you're watching a live feed or whether you see this posted as a video report later, share it. It's that human action the globalists dread and hate. They want you to feel powerless. You are not powerless. You have incredible power. Remember the stakes and remember that your financial support of InfoWars is paramount. We're running a super sale right now. 40 to 70% off the everything must go super sale to fund ourselves even into early next year. I've got to sell almost all of our inventory. And a lot of these items aren't going to be coming in until the middle of next year because we're in that tight of a bind. So please take action to do your shopping at InfoWarsStore.com today. Double Patriot points, free shipping, 40-60% off, 40-70% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Now back to Paul Joseph Watson hosting live from London, England. That Owen Schroyer is coming up. I've got more special reports as well. And I'll be back in the office later this afternoon. Please take action. 
That was Alex Jones talking about the impeachment bandwagon, of course. There's also a great article, which everyone should read, up on Infowars.com right now by Michael Snyder. If Donald Trump is impeached, that will be a sign that all hell is about to break loose in America. We've had warnings of civil war, warnings of riots, warnings of civil unrest. Of course, we had that after Trump was elected. We had Hillary Clinton supporters rioting in the streets. They're probably going to do so again if Trump wins re-election, which the polls suggest he will if we have an average or a low turnout. But also, what will the reaction be of Trump supporters if indeed Trump is impeached? We're going to go back to Alex Jones now, talking about the leftist, socialist, globalist conspiracy. Here is Alex Jones once again. What do socialism, communism, and globalism all have in common? They're all command and control centralized systems that have a Politburo or a group of bureaucrats, technocrats that run them. And if you study the top Fortune 100 companies, the big banks, to a company, they finance the move towards centralization and towards world government. So when President Trump gets up there and says, socialism, communism, and globalism are our enemies, he is singling out the true enemy of humanity. And that's why the system is so incredibly scared. The 20th century industrialized and computerized everything. And humanity really got sucker punched by these guys with all the Hollywood propaganda. But 19 years into the 21st century, humanity is coming back from the dead and really realizing what's happening and understanding how these big multinational corporations aren't liberal. They're fascistic, they're authoritarian, but they package themselves as liberal and loving. The truth is they're trying to create a planet that's post-human, where normal natural human activity has been basically outlawed and everything is artificiality, where you've got to get government and corporate approval to even have a child because we've been so poisoned, it's impossible to have a child. That's their final revolution, ending what we are as a species forever. That's what the Carnegie Endowment was tasked to do at the end of World War II, and that's their plan. And that's why they're so upset at President Trump. That's why they're so upset at InfoWars. InfoWars is credited by the leftist-run CIA and by the Ford Foundation and by Media Matters and by all these different globalist organs as launching Trump and as writing the talking points for the global resistance. But we really didn't do that. We simply studied the white papers of the CHICOMs and the EU and the Council on Foreign Relations and the transhumanist movements and understood what their real sneak attack revolution against humanity was and decided to say, hey, I bet folks will want to hear about this, especially as it begins to actually manifest and emerge, and I bet people will resist it. And you know what? my basic understanding of reality and history turned out to be damn right. And so I want the enemy to know, I didn't bring this resistance. I simply helped point it out and I bet on humanity, something you haven't been doing. So if you want to stand with humanity and stand with InfoWars and stand with President Trump, spread the word about this live broadcast, spread the word about the articles and buy some products at InfoWarsStore.com because without you supporting us, the enemy will win. You take action, we are going to kick some major globalist ass into the future and have a pro-human future. We're fighting a campaign against leftists, socialists, and globalists who want to return to reckless wars, open borders, rampant crime, and totally disastrous one-way trade deals. We're changing that one around very quickly. They believe America is the world's piggy bank 
and that your tax dollars should subsidize the economy, military, and defense of every other nation in the world but our own. It's not happening anymore. Our political opposition made its fortune selling out our nation and its citizens. And you know that's what's been happening. And that's why 2016 was so important. And that's why 2020, I can never say it's more important. But you know, it's like the roots of a tree. You plant a baby tree. It's got to catch. Get that extra time. We'll have more tax cuts. We'll have even I'll tell you what, we have rebuilt our military. What we've done has never been done before. They had President Trump talking about how important 2016 was and how important 2020 will be. You know, one of the main reasons why he won or why his base was um, so energized, especially online back in 2016, was the power of memes. In fact, there were studies done into the effectiveness of memes, one in particular by University College London, which found that the most effective memes sp spread in two places back in 2016 to help propel Trump to victory. One of them was the subreddit, the Donald, which, of course, has since been quarantined by Reddit. And the other one was, of course, 4chan. Now, in the months and the years since that time, We've seen Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter try in a myriad of different ways to crack down and censor political memes. And when we get back, I'm going to explain the latest offensive on that front. As 4chan itself prepares to relaunch their It's Okay to Be White stunt, we're going to talk about what Twitter is doing to once again censor and ban memes. Wait until you hear this new language that they've come out with, which is blatantly targeted towards banning memes. This is the Alex Jones Show Live, breaking news at Infowars.com. We'll be back. Finally, there's a way for you to get into the blockchain, the hottest financial sector without all the speculation. Now, enjoy a 27% annualized payment each month without the ups and downs of Bitcoin. Seen on programs broadcast on Fox Business News, blockchain data centers offer an equipment leasing program in the explosive digital asset marketplace. Inspired by entrepreneurs who sold picks and shovels during the gold rush, the money is in the mining equipment used to manufacture dozens of critical digital assets. Not a security IPO or note, blockchain data centers have approved Proven turnkey equipment sale leaseback program with a 27% annualized lease payment deposited into your bank account each month. Don't miss this one. Stake your claim today. Call 800-600-3388. That's 800-600-3388. These valuable lease contracts won't last long. Call now. 800-600-3388. 800-600-3388. Equipment offer poses a financial risk to owners. Consult with financial professionals before purchasing. Not an offer to buy or sell a security which requires an offering document. Please listen to this. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. We are live, and there's a headline up on summit.news, a story that I wrote yesterday, which ties into this whole effort, this affront to ban memes, which has restarted in, in anticipation of the 2020 election. Headline, 4chan trolls planning to relaunch its OK to be white stunt. 
Of course, they first did this back in 2017 as a way to troll the media and progressives into revealing the fact that they are, in fact, the true racists, which you saw again with the election of Canada's first black president, Justin Trudeau, <laughs> last night, who, of course, is the number one uh, black-faced enthusiast across the entire planet. Progressives re-elected him. He's got a minority government, but he has been re-elected, proving once again that they don't care if somebody is a racist, so long as that racist is on their team. Well, that's similar to what 4chan did back in 2017 when they tried to highlight the bigotry of the left by posting these flyers across major cities and campuses that merely say it's okay to be white. Of course, if anyone is triggered by that, if they have a bad reaction to it, it only shines a light on them. It only puts up a mirror to their face and reveals their own anti-white bigotry because in essence, they're saying, no, it's not okay to be white. Well, now 4chan trolls are planning to repeat the stunt in order to force the media into generating a fresh moral panic about racism. So a bunch of posts which are featured in this article have appeared on 4chan over the past week or so about these posters. And it says that they're going to try the same stunt again on October 31st, Halloween, and try to cause a, quote, media freakout. They say that it should be even crazier this time. They're encouraging people to print the posters, to wear costumes, to plaster them everywhere. And in fact, another post that appeared on 4chan was about an unnamed school which has already alerted students and faculty as to the prospect of these deadly posters appearing on campus. Yes, the deadly, dastardly threat posed by pieces of paper with words on them because, of course, in clown world, everything is a hysterical dog whistle to racism now. Many have commented the stunt is particularly cunning because it forces the left to adopt the ideologically bigoted view that it isn't okay to be white, thus revealing them to be the actual racist. That is the power of this meme. And we had a story out of uh, Emmis, Pennsylvania last year where they had an absolute freak out after these posters appeared in a few places across the town of Emmis, Pennsylvania. They were called a distasteful act of vandalism. And in fact, one resident, or I think he may have even been on the board of the council there, Joshua Westbrook, told a local news agency, quote, I mean, we're surrounded by white privilege nowadays. It's just a fact. So it is completely racist to say it's okay to be white. So they're actually preparing to pull the same stunt once again on October 31st, because that was a very powerful meme. You can judge that it was a powerful meme by the way the left, by the way the media reacted to it, of course, completely falling for the bait, as they did with the OK hand sign being another dog whistle for white supremacy. Well, now we have this headline. And I'm going to preface it actually before by flashing back to a headline we had on Infowars. From May, Instagram to fact check and remove memes. And that is when Instagram announced that it would begin fact checking and removing memes. They would be using 52 global fact checking partners. Even though memes aren't even supposed to be factual, they're satirical illustrations or cartoons mainly to censor false photos and memes on its platform. That was happening back in May. And as I wrote in the article at the time, quite why memes have to be fact-checked at all, given they're almost always satirical and are not intended to be statements of fact, maybe a mystery to some. It's actually not a mystery at all. 
because even a vice write-up of a study by the University College London found that the most effective memes in 2016 that helped propel Donald Trump to election originated in two places, the subreddit The Donald, which has now been castrated and quarantined by Reddit, and, of course, the poll forum on 4chan. And then you had BuzzFeed lobbying Twitter to ban a meme which made fun of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You had Facebook announcing the deployment of a large-scale AI program called Rosetta, which would, quote, automatically proactively identify inappropriate or harmful content in images on social networks. The left can't meme, so it's so much easier to ban memes and Academic studies have proven that those memes were really successful in energizing Trump's base, helping him build that enthusiasm during 2016, which is why the left, the progressive networks, are in a blind panic about the power of memes. Remember on Twitter, they were banning people. In fact, that's why James Woods was suspended. I can't recall if he ever actually came back to Twitter after this for posting a satirical meme which encouraged male Democratic voters to stay at home during the 2018 midterms to allow women to express their voice. Of course, that's a joke. Making them stay at home would make Democrats lose the election. That's a point. It's a joke. But Twitter and Facebook then embarked on a program of not only taking those memes down, but suspending and banning users who posted them. I remember I was suspended back when I had a Facebook account before they banned me entirely for being a dangerous person suspended for a month for posting that very meme. There's a war on memes because the left can't meme and because memes are entirely effective and dangerous to their agenda because they have no sense of humor, because they're permanently walking on eggshells, petrified of offending anybody with humor, which is why they're so terrible at memes. We have this headline out of um, nationalfile.com. Twitter gears up for meme ban ahead of 2020. They announced yesterday, Twitter safety, keeping everyone safe, that for everyone's safety, because they really care about you, they will soon be limiting, quote, synthetic and manipulated media, otherwise known as memes, on the social platform. Bear in mind, that's not just memes. When they say manipulated media, that is anything that they claim was manipulated by the political right to negatively impact Democrats, progressive the left. You will remember the Jim Acosta hand slap, the infamous hand slap against the White House intern back in, I think it was November last year. They had an entire media narrative that I had personally faked a video of Jim Acosta slapping down a, an intern's hand or at least sped it up or manipulated the footage to try and paint a different narrative. That wasn't true. Never manipulated the footage, stood by that from day one to the end, didn't matter. They claimed it was manipulated, so that's why they're doing this. Synthetic and manipulated media is any media that they claim has been altered, so then they can immediately remove it before it goes viral. Now, yes, obviously that includes deep fake technology, which many people have said is a threat to democracy. Yes, that will get removed. But again, it's this broad brush. It's this pushing the boundaries. What is deemed synthetic? What is deemed fake news? Beforehand, they never said they would remove, quote, fake news because fake news is entirely subjective. You've seen how many times Snopes gets it wrong because they have a biased partisan left wing agenda. 
fake news to some people is reality to other people doesn't mean there isn't fake news. There is. But again, it's degrees of variation and it's degrees of subjectivity. So, of course, this is going to be abused to ban memes. Article continues. After Donald Trump's unprecedented 2016 victory against Hillary Clinton, against mammoth odds, most right-leaning Twitter users have witnessed a severe backlash in the form of censorship and shadow banning on major social media platforms. But now Twitter has announced, and this is their quote from Twitter safety yesterday, what is synthetic and manipulated media? It's media that's been significantly altered or created in a way that changes the original meaning purpose or makes it seem like certain events took place that didn't actually happen. That describes memes. That describes the Nickelback video where they held up the photograph and it was Joe Biden and his son doing corrupt uh, business dealings with Ukrainians. Twitter took that down as a result of a claimed copyright violation, but that would fit entirely into this new definition of manipulated media when, of course, it wasn't manipulated. It was a satirical meme meant to make a point. Now, with this new announcement, that gives them carte blanche to ban that precise kind of thing. We'll be back, Infowars.com. Hello, so today go away. on All Things Considered, I'm... Wilbur Snakely, here to tell you all that there's been a lot of conspiracy theories out there that fluoride in your water is hurting you. Now, sure, the Journal of American Medical Association admits that it's causing some cancer and massive brain damage and infertility, but after all, isn't there too many people? That's right. Drink the fluoride. Don't visit InfoWarsStore.com and get the good halogen, I mean the bad halogen, iodine, don't give it to yourself, your husband, your wife, your children, just drink the fluoride and plunge into subservience to us, we don't want to compete with you, just drink the fluoride, don't learn about how deadly it is and whatever you do, don't support Alex Jones, remember I'm speaking with a soft voice, so I'm a liberal, oh and let Nambla have access to your children, huh? Again, I'm not talking down to the InfoWars audience, but I've been banging my head against a wall for a long time on this, and I'm talking about fluoride, and I'm talking about iodine. Now if you have a boat, a motorboat, let's say an old Glastron boat, and you want to take it on the lake, you've got to have a lake to put it in. If you're a human being, you've got to have oxygen to live. Okay, it's the same thing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the bad halogen is fluoride. That's why in every Western nation, they put it in the water. They're going to teach us Christians to lay down and die. The chai don't put it in the water. They'd execute you if you did that. They put iodine in the water because it's the good halogen and increases fertility and lifespan and intelligence and everything else. So again, learn about the iodine conspiracy at InfoWarsStore.com. We have all the documents and articles linked. And then get good iodine for yourself because the globalists are fighting to make sure you don't. Again, get iodine at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. The answer to 1984 is 1776. Live from Austin, Texas, broadcasting worldwide, it's Alex Jones.
In Hollywood, in the comic books growing up, the supervillains always hold the world hostage and promise to destroy it if you don't give in to their demands to let them rule the planet. Because again, like Binky the Brain says, everybody wants to rule the world. Well, the Club of Rome, a group of powerful robber barons and billionaires, back in the 60s got together and they publicly wrote articles about this and said, we want a way to unify the world into a world government. And to do that, we're going to make people the bad guys and carbon the bad guy. And then we'll get everyone to accept paying us carbon taxes and following all of our orders because we're the saviors of the earth. That's so sick. When somebody tells you, do what I say or the world's going to end, They're a cult leader, they're a criminal, they're a threat to everybody. And they use the whole attack on carbon dioxide and the carbon taxes they want us to pay them as a way to divert away from the genetic engineering, the Terminator seeds, the toxic waste dumping, all of it. These people know what they're doing, ladies and gentlemen. They want a post-human world. And one of their adherents, of course, is Ted Turner, the founder of CNN. And he set up the Georgia Guidestones that calls for reducing the world down to 500 million people. And of course, these authoritarians, these savers of the earth, they're going to oversee it all. Here at InfoWars, we're fighting back against this cult. We're fighting back against these people that are telling you that you're the bad guys. You've been cast as that. I've been cast as that. And they are the saviors of the earth who are going to fly around their private jets and live in palaces and have five kids, but you can't have a car, you can't have air conditioning, and you can't have children. This is a way to make slavery cool again, serfdom cool again. And InfoWars stands firmly against it. So whatever you do, remember, your destiny's in your hands. And when you spread the word about InfoWars.com forward slash show and band.video, you shake these criminals to their very foundations. We've reached a tipping point. Press the attack. We will have a pro-human future. I don't think that we are discussing climate change the way we need to be discussing We are in the midst of climate change right now, and it is only going to get worse. The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. The scientists also tell us, have 12 years in which to answer that question. 12 years within which to act. Like, this is the war. This is our World War II. We have 12 years to turn this around. We are less than 12 years away from not being able to undo our mistakes. 10 years that we have left to us. Within the 10 years that we have left to us, we don't have more than 10 years to get this right. A little more than 10 years from now. There is no justice and there is no combating climate change without addressing what has happened to indigenous communities. I speak to you as a human being, a woman whose dreams of motherhood now taste bittersweet because of what I know about our children's future. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. This is about our lives. This is about American lives. That our community will be uninhabitable, will not sustain human life along this current trajectory. I am here to say our house is on fire. It's a crisis that could, at its worst, lead to extinction. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. People are dying. People are suffering. People are dying. How dare you? Barack and Michelle Obama, they are buying a house in Martha's Vineyard. I shouldn't say house. This is a massive, incredible beachfront estate.
Well, you saw the Obama's beachfront estate there, and this ties into an article up on Summit.News. It's top story right now. So shocking. Study finds the wealthy and celebrities aren't changing their flying habits to reduce CO2 emissions. Imagine my shock. A new study by Swedish academics has found that most wealthy people and celebrities, such as Bill Gates, are not changing their flying habits to help reduce climate change, with some responsible for a thousand times more CO2 emissions than the average person. This is a study carried out by researchers from Lund University in Sweden, which reviewed the social media accounts of well-known celebrities and wealthy philanthropists, many of whom relentlessly virtue signal about climate change. You've got to change your life. Turns out they're not really changing theirs. Based on the information posted relating to travel, the researchers calculated the starting point and destination for flights and then worked out likely CO2 emissions. And take a rough guess at what they discovered. Of course, we've got the denizens of the climate change movement, people like Leonardo DiCaprio, literally flying tens of their friends from L.A. to Paris. He's taken a private jet to pick up the environmental award. He flies them all around the world on his private jet to watch his environmentalist documentaries. He hangs out on a 400-foot boat owned by a Middle Eastern oil sheikh, then goes to a people's climate change march. Well, it works out a similar situation. When you look at people like climate activist Bill Gates, who it turns out was responsible for approximately 1,600 tons of carbon dioxide, while flights used by Paris Hilton and Jennifer Lopez emitted 1,260 tons and 1,050 tons, respectively. These figures compare to a global average of 100 kilos per person per year for air travel, or in other words, the CO2 emitted as a result of flights taken by celebrities and wealthy rich people like Bill Gates are more than a thousand times higher. Similar to Prince Harry, who is, uh, of course, friends with DiCaprio as well, who is, of course, friends with Greta Thunberg, who we're going to get into in a minute. Prince Harry took four private jet trips in the space of 11 days while lecturing everyone else about global warming. Was he trying to save the planet when he was doing that? No, he was partying in Elton John's mansion. And then they get up on television with him and Meghan Markle and say how, how much of a struggle their lives are. Such a struggle. Four private jet trips in 11 days. So hard, so hard for them. According to the researchers of this study in Sweden, only a minority of the individual studied had altered their behavior to minimize or stop flying. So out of all the celebrities that they looked at, looked through their social media history, only a tiny amount in the past few years had actually made any effort to minimize flying while lecturing you all day long about, in the case of Prince Charles, infamously once said that you shouldn't take hot baths. These people are flying around the world to the extent of emitting a thousand times more CO2 than the normal person. But they're still going to wag their finger at you. And yeah, I get it. If you're famous, if you're a public figure, you need to travel a lot. That's fine. Just don't wag your finger at poor people and tell them they need to change their behavior. Like the Extinction Rebellion activists who occupied the meat market in Smithfields in London, literally lecturing working class people that they were bad for eating meat. Meanwhile, you know, jetting off to Daddy's Ski Lodge in Stad, Switzerland every six months. So the researchers themselves found, and by no means is this a right-wing study, it's academics in Sweden, for God's sake, 
that they had not changed their behavior at all in the vast majority of cases. Quote, their lifestyles are norm setting and identity building. Above all, young people dream of traveling around the world in a similar way without having to worry about money, said one of the academics involved in the study. Once again, very much a case of do as we say, not as we do. And the backlash to this is getting more and more vehement. You saw Greta Thunberg, the patron saint of climate change there in the video previously. Well, now we have this headline, Stop the Lies, Mural of Greta Thunberg Defaced in Canada. Of course, six months ago, the Germans were putting stickers all over their cars saying F Greta Thunberg. Well, now a mural of eco-activist Greta Thunberg was defaced in Edmonton, Alberta, with the vandal telling Thunberg to stop lecturing him on how to live his life. So somebody painted a mural of Greta after her infamous, how dare you, ran in front of the UN in September. Three days later, it was defaced by a vandal who spray painted over it with the word, stop the lies, this is oil country. This is what he said to CBC. My father has worked in the oil industry. We don't need foreigners coming in and telling us how to run our business, support our families, put food on our tables. It's absolutely intolerant of them climate activists to tell us how to change our lives and our people. She should go back to her country and try to make her country better. That would be an uphill task, given that her country is Sweden, the progressive utopia. But again, Greta Thunberg, when she wrote that letter to the UN, the letter of complaint, did not include India, did not include the biggest polluter in the world, China. There's no Greta Thunberg tour of China taking place, is there? And again, as we previously highlighted, German drivers began displaying FU Greta bumper stickers on their cars. You've got the yellow vests in France. You've got the protesters in the Netherlands protesting against livestock reductions, again, related to climate change regulation. The backlash is spreading. Infowars.com will be Now, what I'm about to say is incredibly obvious, and I'm not talking down to any of the viewers or any of the listeners. I'm just stating the facts. I own a chainsaw. I've had it since I was in college. And it's a great, good old chainsaw, and I've used it probably 500 times. But a few times I've forgotten to oil it, and it seizes up really quick, and I feel like an idiot for not oiling it. Now, imagine if somebody told me to put, let's say, super glue uh, in the oil container on it. It would seize up forever. But only an evil person would do that. Well, fluoride's like putting super glue in a chainsaw. It's going to make it seize up. And that's why they put it in the water. And they admit they're doing it to hurt you and your family. Yes, they're really evil. Iodine is like putting oil in the chainsaw to help with the gasoline lubrication. It's that simple. I know you understand this, but let's warn other people before it's too late. It's part of the iodine conspiracy. Find out more at InfoWarsStore.com and take action against the globalist. Carbon's everywhere on this planet. It's almost like we're carbon-based this is renegade talk radio renegade talk radio waging war on corruption it's alex jones We are into the second hour of the Alex Jones Show. In the next segment, we're going to go to Laura Loomer, who has had the comeback of all comebacks, outraising the Democratic incumbent there in South Florida and all the GOP candidates combined in her attempted run for Congress. So we're going to get into that in the next segment. Meanwhile, back in Clown World, UK, which is where I live, where we have a 19% increase in violent crime over the course of the last year, 
where we have acid attacks, where people literally five minutes from where I live get stabbed to death on a weekly basis, it seems almost at this point, where we have chronically underfunded police forces, they are tackling the real problem, which is racist toddlers. Headline, UK police force highlights problem of racist toddlers as part of hate crime awareness week. Because, of course, now everything's a hate crime. Reports of hate crime are going up just by coincidence, which allows the media to create this moral panic hysteria that the UK is a racist country and basically that we've seen the return of fascism when it's one of the most welcoming countries in terms of immigration in the entire world. Well, now a UK police force created a video which portrayed a white toddler being racist towards another toddler in kindergarten as part of hate crime awareness week. This was Devon and Cornwall police. They came out with a series of these videos in every single video. The bigoted racist person was, you guessed it, white. Devon and Cornwall police posted a cartoon video to their official Twitter account, which features a blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl racially abusing a dark-skinned boy. And the video is in this article. In the cartoon, the white girl sees the brown boy playing with a toy before walking up to him and telling him, quote, stop playing with those. You're going to make the toys dirty like your skin. The brown boy immediately starts crying before the teacher intervenes. The white girl then says, my father should, said we should not play with people like him because they are different. It's one of numerous cartoons. Another one features a white guy grabbing a hijab off of a Muslim woman posted to Twitter by Devon and Cornwall police, where in every case, the racist protagonist is white. And as Jack Montgomery points out in an article for Breitbart, the cartoons urge the public to report, quote, hateful behavior, even if it isn't a crime. So again, it's all in the eye of the beholder. A lot of people on the left think that voting leave and supporting Brexit is a hate crime. They're going to report that too? Oh, probably. And then you'll get the hate crime report statistics going up and up and up, which allows the media to create this narrative that there's a massive problem with it, even though it's their own hysteria causing the problem in the first place. They also offer assurances that, quote, you don't even need evidence. <laughs> Just denunciations like we had in Nazi Germany. Great. No evidence required. Last week, we highlighted how a chief of police in Britain chose to recognize International Pronouns Day, which was trending on Twitter all day, by putting out a video warning people that misgendering transgender people was a form of abuse. We've had people, women, mothers, arrested in their own kitchens and locked up for hours and hours for calling a man a man on the internet. And all this is occurring while police budgets are stretched to breaking point and the UK's violent crime rate continues to soar. What else are UK police investigating? Well, they're investigating a transgender person being turned down for a porn role as a hate crime. This is a 25-year-old Rhea Cooper who became the UK's most, UK's youngest transgender person 10 years ago, stunning and brave, received messages on WhatsApp from an anonymous photographer who wanted to have sex on camera and sell the tape. Lovely stuff. However, when the photographer found out that Cooper still had male reproductive organs, he said he couldn't work with her because she has a C. This prompted Cooper to alert Humberside police to this transphobic behavior, and authorities are now investigating whether a hate crime was committed. And they did indeed confirm that a potential hate crime is now being investigated because this man, this photographer, didn't want to have sex with somebody who had a penis. Is that going to extend out to maybe dating websites where you have biological men 
fronting as transgender women who come up on dating websites and then maybe if you don't select them, maybe if you're not interested, maybe if you have a little chat with them and say, sorry, I'm not interested, maybe you committed a hate crime. We'll be back. From the front lines of the information war, it's Alex Jones. Now you're standing well, the Daily Caller came out with a big article earlier today, which we also posted up on Infowars.com. Experts explain possible reasons behind a 56% jump in youth suicide rate in 10 years. Absolute explosion of suicides amongst young people in America. And generally across the country, there's been a 30% increase in suicides. What are the reasons and what impact has social media had on that dramatic spike in suicides? It's a problem that the mainstream media is not talking about. They bang on all day about a stigma around depression and people not being able to talk about it, even though people talk about it more than ever. And yet depression and suicide seems to be going up more than ever. There was a clip of Jordan Peterson, who's had many personal problems of his own over the past six months or so. Of course, his wife nearly died crying during an interview. Of course, his haters mobbed onto that and basically said, oh, poor baby, why are you crying? These are the same people, these same progressives who bang on all day about mental health awareness, bang on all day about how depressed they are and how you can't criticize them because it triggers their depression. As soon as anyone shows emotional vulnerability on the political right, they steam in and mob attack them and viciously savage them as they did with Dr. Jordan Peterson yesterday. So I'm going to get into that um, later on in this hour. But for the time being, we're joined by Laura Loomer, and this is a headline out of the Epoch Times. Florida congressional candidate Laura Loomer outraises incumbent Lois Frankel in third quarter. She's outraised, not only outraised the incumbent, she's outraised all the GOP candidates combined. Frankel, age 71, the incumbent Democrat, raised around $104,000 in the third quarter. Records show Loomer raised $154,000 in the third quarter, despite being without a platform on major social media websites. Laura, it's the comeback of all comebacks. The enemies of free speech say deplatforming works. Hasn't really worked on you, has it? No, it's not really working. And thanks so much for having me on, Paul. It's a pleasure to be back on InfoWars. And, you know, when I filed my my candidacy and my, my congressional race on August 2nd, uh, people on the right and the left mocked me. People said, oh, ha, 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 this is just an attempt for Laura Loomer to get back on Twitter. She won't raise a dime. And not only have I raised more than a dime, but I raised more than all of my GOP primary opponents and the four-term uh, Democrat incumbent who's best friends with Nancy Pelosi combined. And I did so while being banned on every single social media platform and while being completely defamed and maligned uh, by the press. Every single week since I filed my candidacy, there have been articles in the local paper uh, calling me a far right member of the alt right. Uh, You know, things that are just not true. Uh, They say I'm anti-Muslim. They say I'm a racist. They called me a troll and said that my candidacy had no legitimacy. Uh, But look, I'm on a mission to win and I'm in this to win. And I am going to win and flip this district red. And when I get elected, I'm going to break up big tech. Now, just to explain to people how you've done this, how have you whipped up this enthusiasm and raised such a substantial sum of money with no 
quote unquote mainstream social media presence? Is it just, you know, relentless campaigning, canvassing, doing interviews? How have you done it without the big the big networks, Twitter and Facebook? Well, I'm working very hard. Uh, you know, people, believe it or not, people in this country won elections uh, without social media and politics is local and the left and you know, these fake news media reporters, they seem to think that the world revolves around Twitter. They seem to think that there is no life outside of Twitter and there is no life offline. But the fact of the matter is only a small portion of the country um, is using uh, Twitter on a daily basis. And while it is a lot, and while a lot of discussion is taking place on Twitter, uh, you have to go out and talk to people. You have to meet people. And the Twitter trolls and the left-wing media reporters aren't the people who are voting for me, right? There is a whole entire base of constituents. And so they can convince themselves that I'm not going to win, and they can convince themselves that I'm a loser, and they can you know, trash me in their inner circles and get off on banning people, but they're they're not in my district. And I'm getting a lot of support from people in my district, including uh, Democrats and independents uh, who are absolutely appalled at what has happened to me. And, you know, censorship is totally un-American. The First Amendment and free speech is at the core of who we are as a nation. And it's what separates us as Americans and what makes the United States of America the greatest country on earth. And, you know, when I'm elected to Congress, and I will be elected to Congress, I'm going to fight for all Americans and their free speech, not just Republicans, but Democrats as well, because that's what being an American is. It's about standing up for speech that you disagree with, even you know, even if you don't like the person who is saying that speech uh, for the sake of having a diverse uh, array of, of thoughts and conversation. Um, and so I'm really excited, and I'm looking forward to continuing to outraise my opponents, and I'm really looking forward to meeting more of my constituents and and, and shocking the nation and shocking big tech and, and flipping this district red. And if you want to be a part of my historic campaign, you can go to lauralumerforcongress.com and you can support me. It's a grassroots initiative, so every dollar counts, whether it's $1, $5, $10, $20, or the max donation for an individual of $5,600. Uh, we can all make a difference. Um, and, you know, you have to be a United States citizen to donate, uh, but... Uh, you know, regardless of where you are in the world, you can share my links and, and post it all over social media since I can't. Yeah, I was I was looking at the numbers about the number of active Americans on Twitter a few weeks ago. I think it I think it came down to about 10 percent. Only about 10 percent of Americans are actually active on Twitter. And of course, only a fraction of those are actually going to be well, politically engaged. So it really is. It really is a small bubble when you extrapolate it out to the total population. Should you win, though? And obviously, it's going to be a, a task. I'm going to get onto that in a minute. What measures are you going to take against big tech, tech giants who banned you? Are you going to go down the Elizabeth Warren route of trying to break them up? Or are you just going to apply Section 230 or amend Section 230 to make them legally culpable for what users post on their websites? What route are you going to take in your action against big tech? Well, that's a great question. And and look, the fact is, is that we already have laws on the books. We don't necessarily need to create new laws or legislation to deal with big tech and the tyrants who control these companies. Uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, we all know that there are two sets of rules in this country as to whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. And if a Republican were to lie to Congress, they would be jailed. They would be locked up for committing perjury. And we have the evidence to show that 
Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg and Sundar Pichai all committed perjury when they lied to Congress, when they testified under oath and said that they were not censoring conservatives and trying to influence and interfere in U.S. elections. We've caught them on hidden camera. Project Veritas has the tapes, right? We have statements from Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg himself. Uh, all you have to do is really watch the Joe Rogan interview. And, and Jack Dorsey, uh, you know, has, has, has perjured himself time over. And again, I mean, he told Joe Rogan that social media is a human right. So by his own words, his own statements, he's committed millions of human rights violations by banning people. You know, you have you have executives caught on camera at Google and and, and Twitter admitting to, to Veritas undercover reporters where I used to work. Uh, yeah, we censor conservatives. Yeah, we censored Laura Loomer. Yeah, we're censoring President Trump. So as a member of Congress, I'm going to make sure that Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg are jailed because they deserve to go to jail because they have committed perjury. And it's time that we uphold the law equally, because as Nancy Pelosi always says, nobody is above the law. And you know what? I agree with Nancy Pelosi on that. So let's hold Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg and Sundar accountable. Yeah, you mentioned mentioned Pickai there. He got up in front of Congress and said Google doesn't manually intervene, that they're nonpartisan. Google also came out with a statement at the time, quote, Google has never manipulated or modified the search results or content in any of its products to promote a particular political ideology. On its face, a bald-faced lie, they amended the search results on YouTube days before the referendum on banning abortion in Ireland to make the anti-abortion results, to bury the anti-abortion results and to make the pro-abortion results higher in the search results. That's a direct example of them manipulating their own algorithm to swing the result of a referendum. We've also seen it elsewhere. You know, the very fact that they promote authoritative sources. Who is authoritative? CNN, ABC News, CBS, anyone who toes the line. So they've been caught doing it over and over again. When we get back after the break, I want to talk about how you're going to win this race and what you plan to do uh, campaign-wise to be successful. This is the Alex Jones Show live in We'll be back. Finally, there's a way for you to get into the blockchain, the hottest financial sector without all the speculation. Now, enjoy a 27% annualized payment each month without the ups and downs of Bitcoin. Seen on programs broadcast on Fox Business News, blockchain data centers offer an equipment leasing program in the explosive digital asset marketplace. Inspired by entrepreneurs who sold picks and shovels during the gold rush, the money is in the mining equipment used to manufacture dozens of critical digital assets. Not a security IPO or note, blockchain data centers have approved turnkey equipment sale leaseback program with a 27% annualized lease payment deposited into your bank account each month. Don't miss this one. Stake your claim today. Call 800-600-3388. That's 800-600-3388. These valuable lease contracts won't last long. Call now. 800-600-3388. 800-600-3388. Equipment offer poses a financial risk to owners. Consult with financial professionals before purchasing. Not an offer to buy or sell a security which requires an offering document. Hunter anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. 
I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. Live from the Infowars.com studios, you're listening to The Alex Jones Show. And now, your host, Paul Joseph Watson. We are live with Laura Lou the website congress.com go there and donate i'm going to ask laura about her lawsuit against facebook later on three billion dollars which is five percent of their entire net worth we're going to get into that basically everybody who helped trump get elected was punished in one way or another weren't they after 2016 whether it was lawsuits whether it was mass social media banning whether it was in fact jail time for some people i would say that laura as i said at the start this interview has made the comeback of all comebacks many people reacted to those bans by just going behind paywalls and so forth. Laura said, no, I'm going to get back at you by actually running for Congress, winning and changing the law. Now, Laura, as far as I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, they can't prevent elected members of Congress from having a social media presence. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But if you win, do you think they'll let you back on? Well, they should have already let me back on. And this is what's so egregious about it, Paul, is that I am a declared candidate now outperforming the sitting four-term Democrat incumbent who's best friends with Pelosi, okay? And I don't have social media. So I did all this while having no social media. I can't use PayPal for my campaign. I can't use uh, I can't use Twitter. I can't use Facebook. I don't have anything. I don't have Instagram. And every other candidate in this country has access to all those platforms. I'm the only candidate in this country running for office who is completely denied equal access uh, to, to the internet, which has a monetary value. And I would argue that this is an FEC violation because what you have here is essentially an in-kind contribution from these big tech social media companies to the Democrat Party. And I don't know why the Republican Party or the Republican Party of Florida hasn't filed a massive lawsuit against these companies or filed an FEC complaint because uh, this is going to affect fundraising for all Republican candidates across the country, because we're being shadow banned, those who have social media, I don't have any. Um, And think of all the millions of dollars in money that Republican candidates across the board are missing out on uh, due to social media censorship. So this is going to have uh, serious effects on, on the election. It is a form of election interference. And we've heard the Democrats try to derail our country with this actual conspiracy theory of Russian interference. But, uh, you know, the Russians have nothing on big tech. And that is why I truly believe that big tech ought to be the number one campaign issue, even for President Donald Trump, uh, because it doesn't matter what we talk about, whether it's immigration, abortion, the economy, uh, you know, guns. Uh, if you are silenced and your your voice is suppressed by these fascists in big tech, uh, then 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 you can't talk about these other issues. You can't talk. You can't talk. So uh, we really need to do something about it. And I don't know why people like Roger Stone um, are and General Flynn are being uh, you know threatened with with 
you know, being imprisoned for many years to come and uh, having to sell their homes in order to pay for their legal fees when people like Jack Dorsey, Zuckerberg and Sundar Pakai are getting away with with crimes. They lied to Congress. And so uh, when I'm elected, like I said, I'm going to make sure that the law is upheld equally. And I do believe that they need to be prosecuted for committing perjury. Um, and another thing, too, you mentioned my my lawsuit in Facebook's response to my defamation lawsuit. Uh, they admitted they perjured themselves even more because they said that they're a publisher. Well, they testified under oath and said that they're a platform. So what is it? Are you a platform? Are you a publisher? And so if they truly are a publisher, then it should open the floodgates for every American who has been wrongfully terminated by by Facebook to sue them. But what we need to understand here is that Facebook is trying to gaslight the press and gaslight the judges by bringing the Section 230 argument into my defamation lawsuit, because I'm not suing for being banned. I sued Facebook for defamation because you and I were both defamed, Paul. They banned us and then they said that we were dangerous individuals. And if you look at the classification and the breakdown for what it means to be a dangerous individual, it's you're either a terrorist sex or, traffickers, right? or a, yeah, a sex trafficker or a serial killer. And then on top of that, I remember it was like two o'clock in the morning and I get a message from you on WhatsApp and you're like, oh my God, they want us dead. And I was like, what do you mean? And you told me to click the link. And, and they literally declared open season on our lives. They said that it was okay to post death threats against me and you because we were dangerous individuals. And they did that the day that I filed my $3 billion lawsuit. So Facebook is a bully. They think that as a form of retaliation, they can just say, go murder Laura Loomer and Paul Joseph Watson. Um, if they're gonna take legal action against us, then we're gonna declare uh, that it's okay to murder them. And and so that's why um, you know I amended my lawsuit and now um, it's amended to include damages for them inciting violence against my life. And my lawyers, uh, just uh, about four days ago, they filed a response to Facebook's motion to have my case dismissed. Um, and I, I do believe that this is going to um, go to trial. It already has a date set for uh, next October, three weeks before uh, my election here in, in Florida. So you're invited. Alex Jones is invited. And on top of that lawsuit, I also have a case that is going to be heard in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals uh, that is in uh an antitrust case. And so hopefully we can get all types of patriots from across this country who have been banned um, to show up to the DC Circuit Court of Appeals uh, when my lawyer and I get to deliver our oral appeal uh, because it's gonna be historic and I'm willing to take this all the way to the Supreme Court need be. And you know, for, for anyone out there who thinks that one person can't make a difference, I want you to know that you know I'm, I'm one person and I'm taking on big tech and uh, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it no matter how much people mock me or how much they try to shut me down. Yeah, just to remind people, this is, this is a few months ago. Facebook literally updated their terms of service to include language where they said it's not allowed to violently threaten anyone on our platform unless we've defamed them, basically, as a dangerous individual, a dangerous person. And then it's completely fine to target these people with death threats and to actually organize violence against them. They had to remove it a couple of days later. But as he said, it was out there for anyone to see. Completely defamatory. Going back to your campaign, though, this seat in South Florida, it's it's considered safe for Democrats. That's what the media says anyway. They voted 59, 39% for Hillary in 2016. Not Frankel ran unopposed in 2018. How are you going to flip the seat? Well, it's a D plus nine uh, seat. So Frankel ran unopposed because there wasn't anybody who was probably willing to give her the fight that she uh, that she should uh, have against her. So look, I wouldn't say that I'm a typical candidate, right? 
And and for anybody who has been following me uh, over the last few years prior to me being banned, um, if there's one thing to know about me, it's that I accomplished uh, the impossible. I accomplished that which people say can't be done, uh, whether it's putting illegal aliens on Nancy Pelosi's lawn or dropping Twitter stock by 8% and handcuffing myself and trending number one multiple times. I mean, uh, you know, confronting Hillary Clinton and James Comey at their book signing. I am able to do that which your regular average person, uh, you know, probably couldn't do. Uh, and so I'm not going to give away my campaign strategy because, uh, you know, the left doesn't uh, deserve to uh, know my game plan. But just know that on Election Day, they're going to be saying the words, uh, Congresswoman Laura Loomer. You'll see. All right, Laura, stay there. We'll do one more quick segment on the other side. I also want to ask you about if there's any pushback from the GOP establishment. Of course, you're running against five other Republican candidates in this race. Also want to ask you about the the psychological impact of being basically one of the primary, one of the biggest victims of social credit score USA with your banning, which is not just, you know, restricting you from social media use. This is what people don't understand. You're literally, when you do that, cutting someone else from the rest of humanity when you withdraw their access to what has become the new town square, the public commons. We'll be back with Laura Luma, Infowars.com. Don't go away. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. He aligns himself with the truth, and it's time for you to choose a side. You're listening to Alex Jones. We are back with Laura Luma, Laura Luma for Congress.com. We've got banned by Instagram, banned by Facebook, banned by Twitter. And the point is the internet is now basically the public commons. It is the new town square. Banning somebody from those platforms is more than just censorship. In my eyes, it is a form of psychological torture. You're literally cutting someone else from the rest of humanity. And we know from the Chinese example, the social credit score, where it's going. Bank accounts being deplatformed, banned. We've already had that in the US to some extent. Not being able to buy plane and train tickets. This is where it's going. It's going into a very dark direction. Laura, you're one of the primary victims of this social credit score USA tyranny. Despite your success with fundraising for this campaign, out fundraising the incumbent Democrat there in South Florida, just tell us briefly about you know, some of the more personal life struggles and the psychological impact of being 
banned by all these different companies, by all these different platforms? Yeah, it's a really good question and something that nobody really talks about. And look, I'm I'm not going to lie and pretend like it's been easy. It's been really hard. And you of all people know, I mean, when I got banned, the day I got banned, I came on InfoWars and everybody saw me crying. And just like you were talking beforehand, the left that likes to talk about helping people and, and how you shouldn't bully people online and how bad it is for mental health, what did they do? They they plastered that interview and they mocked me until it went viral. And the young Turks were, were showing me on screen crying because my bank shut me down too. I mean, to the point where, you know, I can't even get a cab or, or anything. Um, and, and they're trying to mock me. And I didn't do anything wrong. I tweeted Ilhan Omar was anti-Jewish and that resulted in me being banned everywhere. And how would they like it if they were stranded in a cab in New York City and they couldn't pay for it because Chase Bank shut off their bank card and and banned them from their online banking? We're talking about real life serious implications. And yeah, look, I I spent a lot of time online and that was my 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 job as an investigative journalist and some of my closest friends are people who I met on Twitter and and Facebook and Instagram. And when they shut me off, I wasn't able to communicate with them. It cut off my ability to communicate with my family. Um, I was communicating with some of my family members on, on Facebook and, uh, you know, it makes you feel very lonely. And for a time I did feel very down and, and depressed about it, but you know, you can't just wallow in, in sadness and you can't allow them to win. And, and that's what they want. They want you to feel so helpless and alone. And that's why they, uh, shut people off because they hope that they can ban you and silence you and, and make you go crazy or think that you're alone to the point where you just give up. And yeah, like I said, it's definitely hard some days and I feel really lonely most of the time, but I know that, that not many people would be able to uh, do what I'm doing. And it takes a special kind of person who is able to handle a lot. And I, I, I know that this is my struggle on to fight and, and my battle on behalf of everybody who is being persecuted by big tech and the cancel culture left. And so I'm willing to endure a lot of this uh, pain and suffering that I've had to deal with uh, because I know that, um, you know, I have, I have the truth on my side. I have God on my side and I have the American people on my side and I'm going to win and and I'm going to fight for all Americans, right? Not just the people here in district 21. I'm fighting for everybody. And that's one of the main reasons why I decided to run for Congress too, is because when I was banned and when Chase Bank shut down my online account, I contacted my representative who is Lois Frankel and I asked her for help and she wouldn't help me. And here I am, I had millions of followers and nobody has helped me. Nobody has helped Alex Jones and we're international figures, right? And I thought, what on earth would the average American do if what has happened to me has happened to them? And so I don't want what has happened to me to happen to anybody else here. I don't want what has happened to you or Alex Jones or Gavin McGinnis or Tommy uh, Robinson and Milo Yiannopoulos to happen to anybody else. Not here, not in the UK, not in Hong Kong, nowhere. And so I'm running uh, to make sure that that uh, that your rights are protected. And, you know, just the other day, I, I got um, a letter from a from a man in Hong Kong. And he said that he was a protester and that Hong Kong protesters are looking up to me. And he actually mentioned you in the letter. I'll send you a screenshot of it. And he said that they are looking um, at people like me and you as as symbols of hope for them in their struggle against the 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 communist, uh, the the communist uh, Chinese. Uh, and so that's what keeps me going on the days when I feel really down and out. That's what keeps me uh, going on days when um, I feel kind of uh, sad about uh, being banned and shut down is that there are people all around the world in worse situations than mine 
who are hoping that I pull through uh, so that they can too. Inspiring stuff. Laura Luma, going to leave it there. Laura Luma for congress.com. Go there, donate to Laura's campaign. Absolutely amazing efforts with the fundraising. Go and support Laura Luma for Congress at that website. We're going to wrap it up there. Thanks for joining us, Laura Luma. Thanks. Thanks for having me. We're going to go straight to a clip now from Alex Jones, the AJ Iodine conspiracy. Here is the clip. It is fulfilling to be informed. It is fulfilling to know that there are serious challenges in our individual lives and to our species in general. It's fulfilling to face the hard facts because we are designed to take on a challenge when we decide to actually engage and be involved and have purpose-driven lives. So many people are completely empty, no matter how much money or how much uh, success they have, because they did it only for themselves, not for the greater connectivity. Now, the globalists understand this. The social engineers know how we tick. And so they will create an artificial system of collectivism where a centralized corporate board collectivizes us for the so-called good of the people. But really, we're being collectivized so we can be controlled and engineered and further dumbed down and turned into slaves. That's the admitted globalist program. So I like to pull back and look at things that are really hard to change versus things that are really easy to change. And InfoWars has been instrumental, thanks to your support, in launching major initiatives against the anti-human forces of the NWO. That said, though, electromagnetic radiation from 5G, uh, what they're you know, doing to us through the vaccines, all of this is a real challenge. The brainwashing of our children, the sexualization of our children, all of this is done to sabotage the species so we don't go to the next level. But one of the ways we can really, really take action is with things that our bodies absolutely have to have to live and survive. And these are things that the globalists have very quietly, but in a steady way, focused on to make sure that we don't get them in our diets so that we are dumb, so that we are slow, so that we are lethargic, so that we don't have that initiative because if we have the initiative well then we will make choices in our lives and be involved in ways that take control away from the control freak social engineer globalist the mad scientist that think they're god now that said this is how we fund our operation and i fund our operation with things that i believe in that i know are good and that i use and i cannot tell you enough how important it is to realize that almost all the soils on the planet are depleted of iodine. If you don't have iodine, you will get deficiencies, you will end up dying. That's a fact. And there's all the big studies, Europe, Europe, US, China, Mexico, there's thousands of them, that iodine deficiency causes autism-like symptoms, it causes birth defects, it causes so many serious problems, very low IQs in children. And if you add fluoride to that, which Western governments add to the water and to foods, then it accelerates that. And our life expectancy is going down in the West. Infant mortality is exploding. Uh, we are getting stupider and stupider. Our IQs are plunging. And ladies and gentlemen, this is being done by the cold-blooded establishment to create a system where the West falls and then there'll be nobody to oppose their authoritarianism because all the other nations accept it. They never had the revolution that we had in America and areas of England and Europe. And so it's a big deal. So I want to just encourage you to understand this isn't just some pitch to fund InfoWars. 
We have the iodine challenge at InfoWarsStore.com, X2 and X3, and BioTrue Selenium, the very best out there. It goes very well with the iodine to supercharge the electrochemical activities in your body. Your body makes hormones off of iodine. It's just incredible. And find out what the good halogen does versus the bad halogen. Go to InfoWarsStore.com, 60% off on the Iodine Global Challenge, and please tell others about this information and give them the facts because this is key to stopping the globalist agenda. Hello here, my name is Baphomet. I work for my father, Lucifer, and he doesn't like the fact that God gave you all families and children, and so we want to tell you something right now, Christian countries. We took control of you over a hundred years ago. We've been spiking your water with fluoride to lower your fertility and to hurt you. And it's worked so well, but now because of liability and because of people warning inside the government what's happening, the Journal of American Medical Association and others are admitting what we've done. And it makes me so angry. So whatever you do, just stay in that haze and drink fluoride and give it to your children. <laughs> and don't visit InfoWarsStore.com and learn about the iodine conspiracy and get 60% off on X2 and X3 together with BioTrusalinium from the mustard seed. Submit to us. InfoWarsStore.com Welcome back to NPR here today. I'm Wilbur Snakely, and I just want you to know that when you hear the intro to the show and it's the Rockefeller Foundation and the Carnegie Foundation, don't look into the 1920s and 30s documents where they said that to be free from war, we must end the family and masculinity and that we must put chemicals in the food and water to make the men subservient and the women infertile. A real terrorist, Alex Jones, has been on air with that gravelly, evil male voice telling you to look into how iodine's good for your body and essential and how fluoride's bad. Listen, that's a conspiracy theory, okay? There's no medical journals. There's no facts. You need fluoride. Just drink extra fluoride and then you don't have to think anymore and just go to sleep when I talk to you real soft like this. Hello today.